You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, we saw yesterday that sometimes when people are trying to get their leket and the, and the owners are trying to work on their field and there's a need to get some water here and and, and plant a little bit further for the in between time of the year, you know, after the harvest, and the and the and the and the aniyim have not gotten their stuff. So we saw that Rav Meir said, "Hey, don't bring the water in there. They haven't picked up their leket yet. They haven't gotten their. They haven't got all those sheaves yet. The stuff that fell down, they didn't get it." And the chachamim say, "No, you can do it." And there's something you can do, as we as we saw. There's ways you can pay the aniyim. So the Gemara says, when it quotes the first opinion, which is Rav Meir, the Gemara says, Rav Meir Amar ain magalgalim. Rav Meir says, do not start watering. So what do you do? If you don't water and you let them come and get their stuff, and now you're going to have to pay more money to bring water later. And maybe you're going to have a loss of the vegetable crop that you weren't able to, to plant. Shaman Shabalabayas, we figure out, the Balabayas makes his case to Bez, and it says, this is what I lost by giving the Aniyam the right here. I wasn't able to, to, it was a grumma, but I wasn't able to make money. And I have to pay more money now. So, we have Sado. So we figure out what the loss is. And what the Balabayas does, listen to what I'm going to say here, he keeps the stuff. In other words, it's full of sheaves. Let's talk about a giant field. So it's full of, of, of shibolot. It's full of all these things, shibole leket. He takes them. In other words, I guess, you know, he goes to the Bezdin and the Bezdin, he makes his case. Bezdin hears and says, okay, sounds like you're going to have about a $50 loss, a $100 loss. You can keep $100 worth of leket. <laughs> and you don't have to get They have to take it, but you can stop them when you realize that, that you can still salvage $100, but you still have to let the basic process go on. Rabban and Amrim, what do they say? No, Megalgalin, do your watering. And even though that ruins all that stuff, and the Aniyim don't have, you know, they have a bunch of soggy garbage that they can't really use, and you've now, in a sense, damaged them because that was their property. I mean, it was potentially their property. They didn't get it yet. So what do you do? Shaman l'aniyim, behepseidon. You figure out what the aniyim. But who do you pay? Ulamihu mishalim. Who are you supposed to pay? The guys that were here? I mean, you make out a check. Who do you make out the check to? How do you know who to give it to? In other words, according to Rav Meir, we know who you give it to. <laughs> the the Balabas is in charge. He uh, he makes his case to Bezdin. Bezdin gives him that amount that's fair. And he keeps that for himself. But according to the Chachamim, According to Chachamim, the Balabas does his watering, but now he has to make a cheshpin with Bezdin, and that's the amount he owes to the Aniyam. But how does he pay the Aniyam? So Amar Osair. I guess there's Aniyam who are here constantly, and everybody gets a little. Everybody gets, you, you figure out, you make a census. How many Aniyam do we have? Okay, we got about 83, okay? 83 divided by the amount, and everyone gets a little check. For that amount. And every Ani in the city gets a little check from the Balabas for the amount of leket that he stopped them from getting. 
Gemara says, <laughs> says to locate Maunamrinan, what else should it be? What do you think? He's got to pay the Aniyim. He makes a big check to the World Relief Organization, to Aniyim in other places. Of course, it's the Aniyim here. The reason why Rabbi Yonah said that, that it's Midas Adin. It's not just Chasidus. Midas Adin, he owes the money, and he needs to pay it. And if he doesn't, we're going to come after him. It isn't just, yeah, this is my tzedakah. No, he owes it. He stole the tzedakah in a way. We gave him a pass because we wanted him to be able to water his field at that time. But he owes the money. Next mission. Yeah, I'm just, um, just going to mute you guys. And uh, if you want to ring in, please do. You have a person who's traveling. There's people like that in our audience tonight who travel from place to place, but it wasn't a place where, in those days, where you have your ATM card and where you can, you know, you have your credit card with you. What happened was, is that he was, he was, he was traveling. Maybe he has stuff on the truck that he's bringing back, but he has no money now. Who knows? He got, he got sidelined. He got robbed. It could be a, a number of reasons why this person, who technically, if he gets home, has money, and maybe has a lot of money and has stuff under the bed and in the, and in the wall safe and in the bank. But right now, where he is, he's hungry and he has no money. So therefore, what's the din? He can now, wherever he is, you know, he's on his way, but it might be, who knows? There's no boats and it might be weeks and weeks till he gets home. He could join, look at this, he could join the Aniyam. And therefore, he could go and take with them, because technically, he's an Ani right now. However, he's an Ani, but when he gets home, he's no longer an Ani. And therefore, even though at the time that he took, he had didn't have the funds, but they were technically part of his ownership somewhere else. So he owes. So what does he have to do? He's got to go pay based on what we just said before, the people in that old town where he took. Because remember, let's say he was in uh, Poughkeepsie, all right? And Poughkeepsie is where he didn't have the money and everything. Then he made it to Peekskill. Okay, so he's got to now send, when he gets to Peekskill, he's got to now send all the uh, the money, in other words, the amount that he took, he's got to somehow send it to the Aniyam, whoever the Gabai is of, of Poughkeepsie, for all the, whatever he took to go back to them. That's what Rebbe says. What do you have to do that for? He was an Ani. And since he was an Ani, he doesn't have to pay them. A person is based on where he is. At that moment, you didn't know if you were getting back to peak skill. You couldn't cross the Hudson, whatever it was. You couldn't. Who knows? So at that point, you're an Ani. And therefore, you have the right to, you don't have to pay back. Big Kiddush from the Chachamim. Let's say What's going on? A person, uh, you know, the Aniyam are around, the Aniyam are taking their stuff, he's, he, right, and he's being there. And then he decides, hey, you know, that's a beautiful thing. You, you want to switch? I'll tell you what. I'll give you one of these Shibolison that I had that's from the regular Katsira, and you give me some of that Leket stuff. You want to make the switch? Ani says, okay, I'll make the switch. So when you get the stuff from the Ani, 
you don't have to take Meiser from that. Potter, meaning you don't have to take Meiser because that was real Leket that he had. And he gave it to you. The same way it was Potter, Meiser, Revit, Potter, Meiser, when you have it. But the one you're going to give to the Oni is Chayev and Meiser. The one that you were coaching for yourself that you want to now switch with the Oni is Chayev and Meiser. So what should you do if he, if he agrees to take it? Um, you should take off Trumas and Mises from it and give it to him, like we saw before. Next case. Okay. Now, in order to explain this, um, in order to explain this, in order to explain this, we need to know what is the, the, a little bit of the concept of what an oris is. It's a very famous concept through Shas, the idea of being a sharecropper. And when you're a sharecropper, what that means is, is that you are the prime worker of the field. The owner doesn't have the strength, the energy, and you need a place to let you live in the house that's right by the field. Sometimes they'll split the cost of the seed. Usually the owner provides the seed. And you'll go out there and do all the work. And when you go out there and do the work, although it's his land, you'll get a percentage of what the land produces. That's what a sharecropper is. So technically, the land is owned by, let's say, Kolev and Yeshua. Kolev is the owner. Yeshua is the sharecropper. Let's say now, Yeshua and Ephraim are macabre to be an oris from Kolev. That's the case. Now, if it would now normally let's take a prime out for a minute. If it would be Yosh, it would be Yeshua himself being the one who would be the Aris, the halacha is that he, uh, Yeshua, who is working the land, is sort of an owner. He's not a true owner, but these crops that are we, it's made up. He's going to get leket and shicha and pay have to be taken from them. And he can't, if he's an Oni, he can't take it for himself. Even though he doesn't technically own the land underneath it, but since the way sharecropping works is it's, he's guaranteed while he's working that he's going to get 40% of what grows. So it's like any poor guy that has a field, the Rabbanan don't allow him to take his own leket. So he is sort of like an owner. And therefore, it's clear he doesn't take Leket. But let's say you have the following case. You have Yoshua and Ephraim, and they're both as poor. They're both as poor that they could really go out there. If they wanted to, they could go out and get Leket, Shechlan, Peah. They, 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 they qualify as Aniyim. So, Shnayim Shekibu Soda Barisus, Zen no Sein Chelko, but not the Peah. The Peah they can't get. But the Meiser Oni, they can each give to each other. I'll explain it again. The Leket Shechan even though I can't go over, Yeshua can't go over to, to Ephraim and say, hey, I'll take your Leket and you take mine. Why? Because they are both, they're both partners in whatever they're working. So they are sort of called Bilem of the field. But Meiser Ani, though, they are able to take. 
Why are they able to take Meiser Ani? Because Meiser Ani is not in the field itself. Meiser Ani is after you have processed and gone through a Gemar Melacha, after you have finished your Avoda on the field, and it's now finished product, there's a Din Tevel on the material, and you have to take off the Trumas and Meisters, including Meiser Ani. Well, at that point, at that point, you could say, look, um, hey, you can come and get this. And the guy says, I'll, I'll come and get yours. And you get mine. And that will work. But the Leka Chikhan Peya happens when the stuff is, the stuff is, in the, is, 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 is either growing, standing in the field, or just cut by the harvester. All that stuff, the Arisim cannot take. Even if they're on, even if they're aniyim, they have to let aniyim, other aniyim, come and take it. Okay, so that's the din of shnayim shekiblu, and in, included in shnayim shekiblu would be one oris. One oris definitely has to take off that, and can't. We're not going to let one oris take his own meiser on either. But when it's two arisim, at least as far as meiser ani goes, they can take each other's meiser ani. Now another case of an oris, hamakabel sode liktsor. Hmm. He's not. Let's say uh, he isn't like a, a, a one of the real heavy duty arisim. He isn't the one who's who's actually there from the beginning, uh, putting the seed in and tending it through the winter and and overseeing the harvest. And over and over, uh, he's only there to oversee the harvest. That's all he's there for. But he's still called an oris for the harvesting. Sometimes that's the main job. Sometimes you can't get somebody to do the other work. But the harvesting, that's where you need somebody. And the only and the way that man works is he says, Yes, I'll be your harvester, but I want the percentage of the yield. So you make up with him while it's still growing, that when it comes June first, wherever the time of the harvest season starts, he shows up and he gets a certain percentage of the harvest. So Hamakabil Sodaliktsar. So you would say, but let's say the guy who comes is an uni. Since the way you're paying him is a percentage of what he's harvesting, and you make up that with him beforehand, even during the winter, he knows while it's growing that he's coming June 1st to become the the the, the coatsayer, but not really the coatsayer, as a macabell. So that's a little bit of ownership. And that's enough of an ownership for the rabbis to say, it's like you have your own field. And since it's like your own field, you cannot take the leket for yourself. Also, the leket, and or the Meiser Ani. Amr Abihuda, Amasai, when is that that the Oris of Liktsor is knocked out, even though he's an Ani from taking from this field? Bisman Shekibu Mimenu, where he made up with the owner. While, like I said, during the winter, while it was growing, he says, okay, I'm going to get half, shlish, a third, revi, a quarter. But if he tells him like this, he says, okay, you show up in June, I'm hiring you to be a kotzer. Instead of paying you cash, I'm going to give you a third of what, you, what your kotzer. So then it sounds like it's the same exact conditions, but then you're not giving him any sense of ownership in the field at all. He's basically a hired worker who's willing to take 
uh, stuff that he that he's that he's that he's harvesting in place of cash. So in that case, if he's an ani, he's allowed to take But Meiser ani, we don't let him take because that's, I guess, when he already becomes an owner. Now the lekachikupeya stuff, he's a zero. It's only after he's done the katsira that he can now say, okay, give me my money. And instead of taking money, he takes a percentage. When it comes to Maiserani, though, that Maiserani is stuff that he's been, he's, he's been kotsirit, he's getting it ready, he's processing it. Then the Balabas, that he owns part of it. Because as soon as he's finished the katsira, he's now able to get paid by the grain. And, and Maiserani only becomes relevant later. By that time, it's his. By that time, that percentage is his based on what the owner was willing to give him as his payment. So there, he needs to take that miser, that section of Meister Ani from it, and he has to find another Ani to give it to. The Gemara says, Av ubnoi ishu krovo. How about a situation where the guy you've hired to do the job, well, we'll find out later, um, Shnei Achim, Shnei Shutfin. Um, okay, so this is a Brysa in general. Again, I, I sort of made a mistake before. This is a Brysa about a person who needs to take Meister Shani to Yerushalayim. Now, the Lacha is, if you want to be uh, take Meister Shani to Yerushalayim, do it. But if you can't, you're poet of the Meister Shani with money, and then you buy things, buy foodstuffs in Yerushalayim with the Kedushas, with the money which is holy, the money goes off of the, of, of, of the Maos into whatever you, whatever you buy, and that's the way the system, the way it works. And everybody goes to Yerushalayim in a wonderful way. Now, the problem is, when you're Poda Meister Shani, the Torah says, if you're Poda your own Meister Shani, you have to add 20%. If you sell, the, if you have a, a friend who wants to take your Meister Shani and gives you money, that's also a pidyon. You don't have to pay 20%. Let's say the friend is your son. Do you still have to pay 20%? Let's find out. Tony, Avu Beno, Ishu Krovo. Shnei Achen, two brothers. Shnei Shutfen, these guys are buddies. They're always borrowing. They're always with each other. Poden Shani. When it comes to Meiser Shani, we say that they're strangers. And that's not you. That's my son. And therefore, even though many times that son relies on you when you go to your son's house and your son feeds you or whatever, the buddies, the brothers are friends, still that's considered a, a, a separate person. And, the, and we don't say that it's a fake and you don't have to add the 20%. And a father and son can give Maiserani to each other. So the father's got a field. They're both poor. And this, he could call the son over and say, oh, come on, Elmer, come and get some of this Maiserani. I've got Maiserani here. And then he says, okay, Dad, I got Maiserani for you. You're allowed to do that. Why? Because a father and son are not the same entity. Amr your father's poor. What are you giving him Maiserani for? You're making him like a regular schlepper? 
Meister Ani, you have to give to any Ani. If your father is poor and needs and needs tzedakah, you shouldn't have him in line with everybody else. He's giving, you're giving out the Meister Ani to people. It's a curse on someone who that's the way he takes care of his father. Because, hey, listen, I got to take care of dad anyway. I got this Meister Ani. Here, come, dad, take come of this. He should get in a Kavadika way. That's what Rabbi Huda said. Amru, so they answered back, that's true if, if, the, if, the, if the son is rich. The son has money. But let's say the son doesn't have money, and they're both on they're both maybe that's okay. The Gemara then asks, What's the difference now? This, we don't even know what it's talking about. What's the difference between the case of what Rabbi Huda meant in the Mishnah? What's the difference between the last case when we talked about the Kablin? When we talked about the one who's coming in just to do Kitsira? What's the difference between saying, while it's growing, you tell him, you'll get a third, that's going to be your deal, or you hire him and you say, I'll pay you with, uh, after you do the Kitsira with a third of the, the, the growth, the third of the produce. What's the difference? Isn't it really the same thing? Ma beinova kadmisa. Ella, it must be. Meaning it's not yours yet at all until the Ketzira happens. Now, the, what the Mishnah says, when the Mishnah explained it, could, could be, you're already giving him the Shlish. That's not true. You need to say clearly, in order for the chiluk of the Mishnah to be correct, it has to be shlish. It's only after you do it that you're going to, in this way I explained it earlier, it's only after you do it that you're going to get paid. Therefore, he's not really the owner of it till then, and that's the reason why he can take, if he's an ani, he can take leka and shecha and peya from the stuff that he's, that he's working on harvesting. Um, Do a couple more minutes here. Amra b'chiyah barabun. Hada amra shahamaycher zachi b'peyah. Shimateres es ha'imran. Okay, this, in order to explain this, we have to remember what we learned a couple of weeks ago. And that is that if a mocher had a whole field and he started being coats for the whole field, we know when you start being kotzer, you're already mentally putting away peya near where the Rishus Harabim is, near where the road is, the stuff that's still standing. In the middle of being kotzer, and he gets to halfway of the field, he sells the other half, including the part that was peya, to another person. So Kolev had the whole field, he sells 50% to Yoshua. So the Mishnah told us a couple of pages ago, that in that case, Yoshua has to take off the paya, even the one that's supposed to be for the original 50% of the field that, that still belongs to Kalev. Yeshua has to take paya on everything. So we asked the question a couple of weeks ago when we were learning it, the Yoshalmi asked, what would be if Kalev is poor? Can Kalev go over and take that payah? He couldn't have taken it 
before he sold it. Before he sold it, a special deal. You can't, even a poor person who owns field has to leave payer for other aniyim. But now that payer is in Yoshua's field, that other 50% of the field. Can Kalev come and take that? That was the question. So the Gemara is saying, from our Mishnah, we can probably prove that the Mocha can come and get it. Isn't he like the sharecropper? Just like the sharecropper who's been working on it, and he's supposed to be paid from it, but it technically wasn't his when it was growing, but now he can take Meiser from he can take the Meiser Ani from it, he can take, not the Meiser Ani, he can take the Shikha and the Leket from it, Maybe every mocher, a guy who's also disconnected, should have a right to take paya from the stuff that was at one time his. It's a similar concept. So, why? Because that paya that he's getting now from Yoshua is what's matir, his stuff. His stuff was chayiv and paya. So even though that stuff is connected to his, he can still take it. The same thing by these sharecroppers. They need pay and needs to be taken off from it. And yet they can keep it for themselves. So so the same way we let these sharecroppers, semi-sharecroppers, keep the paya, we should allow in the case in the last parak or two prokam ago, that the mocher should be able to keep the paya. Um, Rabbi Yossi Barbon says it's not a proof. Tommen over there, the case over there, Over there, when you, when Kolovich had the field before he decided to sell the 50%, that field was Chayev and Peah. And it was all his. And the stuff near where the Rosh Hashanah was, that was earmarked to be the payer for this field, was his Chayev. So you're not going to let him go now and take it. When we talk about these guys who are coming to do Ketzira, lo it never became Chayiv and Peya where, where, where it was in his Rishus. Right? It wasn't Chayiv and Peya when it was in his Rishus. It didn't become his until later, until after he does the job. That was one answer why it's not a, a similarity. Omer Barnagri, Shanyihi, there's a big difference. Beleket Shikha What is Leket Shikha about? Shehain Ba'aziva. It's about letting it be taken while the Ketzirah is going on. So that makes sense that he doesn't really own it till the Ketzirah is finished. So that would be his right to take. Whereas the case of the, the Mocher, again, he agrees is not comparable. Now, Let's say you sell the field. Now, what happens when you sell the field? What are we talking about? Well, as the Chaim Kanievsky says here, So, Kolev sells Yeshua, not only the, the grain, he sells him the ground underneath. So, a complete sale, in other words. Hamocher Sodeu. He sells not just the, the grains, the field. So now, Hamocher Mutter. It's not his anymore. Remember, he sold it before the Chiyav. 
it started growing, even though it, even though technically it was growing before, and and, and Kolev owned it. Kolev is poor. Kolev can now take Peah from Yoshua's field. It used to be his field. He can now take Peah. Halokeyach Oser. But if Yoshua is poor, even though it was growing when Kolev owned it, but now he bought it. And now the time of Katsira, it's Yoshua's. Yoshua can't take the Peah for himself if he's poor. Lo yiskar Odom es poel we know when it comes to Leket, basically the Aniyam would stand there, be there with their binoculars and come in, see when the harvesting was happening, and the stuff that would fall out of the hands or out of the swoop of the cut, that would be the Leket on the ground. So you should not hire a person to do Kitsira with the condition that his son will be the, who is an Ani, they're both Aniyim, but the son is going to do the Leket. That's wrong. To make the deal in advance is wrong. Because what that does, we'll see, that's like, in a way, uh, we're afraid that there's going to be um, some stealing happening. It's not going to be fair. Yes, it's right, the, 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 the boy is a poor boy, but probably the agreement that they made was not for that much money. Probably the owner, let's say the owner is Kolev. And the Kolev says to Yeshua, you know what, I could use you to be coats here. And they're haggling over the price. And Kolev says, look, I'll pay you a little bit less, but I'll let you bring your son, Ephraim, to go behind you. Okay, do you agree on that? So in that case... What Kolev might, what Yeshua might do is Yeshua might, um, what he might be doing is cutting more than is, uh, letting more fall than should fall. It's supposed to be natural. But when you set this up in advance, and especially uh, Yeshua ha- makes a rationalization why he should be allowed. He figures, look, the, the bum's not paying me enough. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make these big swoops, and I'm going to make sure more stuff falls out, and this way my son, Ephraim, will get it, and I'll end up with more stuff at the end. So we don't want you doing that, because that is basically a geneva on the part of you're setting him up. It's almost a bit naiver for Yoshua. What's another thing that shouldn't be done? What about a guy who says, I'm not letting you in yet. I'm not letting you in. Or he starts being choosy, who he lets in his field, who he doesn't come to get the leket. Or he gives up, he, he, he tells the other guy, hey, this is when it's coming. And he tells the guy, you, go, you get in line first. That's stealing from the Aniyim. But we make a drosha, it doesn't mean gvu olam, the Mishnah says that uh, when he sells the field, the other guy, um, he can now take it. That's only, in other words, Kolev can now take, if he's a poor person, from what he sold to Yeshua, that's only where he sells the field plus the comma, the comma plus the field. If he just sells him the grain and, and Kolev keeps the field, 
then Kali, even though he's poor, has no right to take the stuff. That's your field. It's still Kalev's field, and the harvest belongs totally to Yeshua. Neither of them can take, no matter how poor they are, and you have to let other Aniyim take. And if either of them takes, it also can't raise it, goes of us Aniyim. Balabaya shows the cana raise it, goes of us Aniyim. Poel, this is the case that we mentioned before. Shaosakane, Hareza goes of the Balabayas. Remember the way I explained it? He's cutting off more than the Balabayas, than he than really should be taken off, and Laniyam. Balzenemar altasi gvul olim. What does that mean, gvul olim? Don't you push the borders against the olim. Who are the olim? Rabbi Yirmiyah, Rabbi Yosef. Chadomar, it's the Ole Mitzrayim. The Ole Mitzrayim, this is something that this system of, of, of doing peya correctly, of leket correctly, of having the matnasaniyim done properly in the field, this was the whole idea of the, uh, of the just society that we left Mitzrayim in order to achieve. And by you trying to cheat and be sneaky about it, you are pushing the gavul of the people who left Mitzrayim, our, our forefathers, who wanted Eretz Yisrael to work in a yashristic way. Who are the Olim? You don't have to be so grandiose. Um, those are the people that are poor. Those are called Olim because they don't have money. And why are you calling them Olim? Why are they up? It's the same way with Samya, Tzavchin, when you have a, a, a blind person. Who's Nebuch? What do you scream at him? You say, hey, Saginor. Hey, that's uh, it's an insult. But you say, hey, you got to win a flight. So, like a, a fat guy, you call tiny. So that's the same thing over here. The Pusik and Mishli means the Olim Nebuch, the ones that aren't Olim, the ones that are Yerudim. That's the one that you're pushing around here. Am Rabbi Yitzchok, Vaniyam Yerudim Tavi Bayas, the Pusik says, that people people who are downtrodden, they're going to come to the place of God. If you let, if you bring poor people into your home, poor people, welcome them in the shul, allow them into your yards to take the stuff properly. That's like you've brought Pikurim. Letting Aniyam in your field is like bringing a gift to the Kohanim in the glorious way towards their Bainashal. Why? So these are all encouragements to do things the right way when it comes to Manasaniyam. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.